Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. I made my money the old-fashioned way. Got hit by Alexis. <laughs> my name is Thomas. I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking this fine afternoon? I had, uh, I had picked up a Mid Chamonix Creek uh, Leon Russian Imperial Stout Bomber. So, oh, yeah? Uh, so I'm still just, you know, a week later trucking through that. So hopefully you're still trucking through it, that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 11.6%, so, you know, I got to go slow. That's a, <laughs> that's a hefty beer. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's it's really it's like it's like a meal in a bottle, basically. <laughs> it's what it sounds like. Yeah, last week we were talking about how it's like a, a Boy Scout dessert in a bottle, graham crackers and chocolate and marshmallows. Seriously, I can only imagine like the vat of beer that they're brewing the thing in is just like. They have to have like kind of sounds disgusting when I'm thinking about it. It's like all mixed together in liquid. <laughs> <laughs> just melt the chocolate in the marshmallows, like a little sprinkle of hops, and then yep. bottle it. Just yeah. a little bit. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's it's, how they it's do beer it. in quotes, but it's actually just mm. hot chocolate with marshmallow <laughs> bits in it. <laughs> Anywho, today's catchphrase came from the Arcade Creative on Twitter. And if you guys have catchphrases for us to start the show out with, you can send them to us at our Twitter, which is at Money Matters Man, or you can email them or put them in the community or send us smoke signals. Um, quite good at reading those. So, However you want to send your catchphrases in, we'll uh, say them at the beginning of the show. If they happen to be in song form, they will be for Andrew. <laughs> and <laughs> today, we're talking about something that I have never heard of uh, until literally about five minutes ago, which is called Amazon FBA. It stands for Fulfilled by Amazon, and it is a way that you can basically uh, do arbitrage. You can sell products that you buy and make money, except for you don't have to keep all the products in your basement. Like You don't have to store it yourself. And uh, to kind of school us on this topic is Jessica and Cliff, who run the SellingFamily.com, and they do this, uh, and they're experts on it. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to uh, have you guys on the show. So, I'm really curious, like, what exactly is Amazon FBA, and, like, what do you have to pay, and what do you guys have to do to sell products? Cool, good question. So, um, (laughs) you said... We don't have to have stuff in our basement, right? So mm-hmm. everybody knows somebody who sells on eBay, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's not like that. <laughs> but that's the only thing people I, ever can compare it to. So I just uh, want to say, like, we do spring cleaning here every year, and we try and, like, sell our stuff on eBay. And I hate listing the stuff because it's mm-hmm. such a pain in the ass. I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It really sucks. I mean, we make our money on our stuff, but it just really sucks. And you My have closest approximation all. of this is like uh, like the game and like magic card shops uh, in my college town. Mm-hmm. Like they'd have a dude who's just on a computer selling their excess inventory on eBay all day. Oh my god! <laughs> god. That's funny. Um, yeah. So actually, I started on eBay, and then I realized like this is really a pain. And how am I supposed to make a whole bunch of money if I'm selling all of these products, but I have to ship them myself and list them myself? Because that mm-hmm. takes a really long time. So then I realized that there was this other thing called Amazon, like light bulb moment. Now everybody knows <laughs> what Amazon.com is, right? I hope so. <laughs> um, how long have you guys been doing this, actually? Uh, well, I actually started in 2010. Okay. So it's yeah, been a so good long while. It's been while. a while, yeah. And then I joined in 2011. Okay. And are you guys doing it full time now? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, so we you're... don't have other real, real jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, I mean, I know you're going to enlighten me, but my conception of it is still like you're listing items and having to type in a bunch of stuff. So it sounds like a job to me. But um, how is it easier than eBay, other than the fact that you don't have to store your stuff? 
Um, so on eBay, like you have to create your own listings. You have to ship each individual item and you're, you keep it all at your house. So if you want to sell 20 things a day, then you're going to be shipping out 20 items a day Mm -hmm. with Amazon. It's completely different because as a buyer, if you look on Amazon and you search for something, you come to one product page and then there's a whole bunch of sellers listed on that page. So for us, we're just one of those sellers on any given product page. So we don't actually have to create that product page, which is different than uh, eBay because it's already there, right? So all we have to do is say, we have this board game. So we have 10 risk board games, for example. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is say, okay, it's this exact match and tell Amazon that's how many we're going to have. Then the next step is that we label those products with a label that they give us to print out. And then it tells Amazon that that's our product. So when somebody buys our product, they actually ship it to them. So the part in between that is that we label our product and then we send it to their warehouses. So they have warehouses all across the United States. Mm-hmm. So we live in California, so there's a couple of warehouses here in California that we can ship to, but sometimes we ship all the way to Tennessee um, and places in between. So why I, do you have to ship to um, different warehouses? Do they uh, tell you which of, ones you have to ship to? Yeah, a lot of times they do it based off of where they're having sales of that product. So if okay. the majority of their sales are coming on the East Coast, they'll say, okay, we need a majority of those products that you're sending in to go to the East Coast or a couple to the Midwest. They'll have you break them up that way based on where they're having the most sales. And so that's why they can offer their their two-day prime shipping to everybody because, uh, you know, they have products spread out all over the U.S. and they're putting Mm -hmm. it where they're having the most sales. So it's a formula for them that isn't always 100% true, um, but they got it down to a pretty good science. So okay. hold up a second, because Jessica, when you were explaining in the beginning how you're listing an item and there's one product listed and a bunch of sellers, any time that I've gone to Amazon, I just go to the page and then I click buy and I check out. I've, I've like never even looked who was selling and I definitely haven't clicked to like other sellers. <laughs> so. Right. I don't think we're the target market, Andrew. Well, I mean, I guess. No, like, so that's actually the thing is, though, is that you are the target market because yeah. we don't want you necessarily to go, okay, well, who are all these other sellers? We just know that you trust Amazon as a company. Uh-huh. And so to you, it really doesn't matter who's on the other end because ultimately it's Amazon on the so other end. When I go to the page and I click buy on the Amazon page, is it like the cheapest seller is automatically the one that I'm buying from? Like, how do I wind up buying from you guys? So it's not exactly the cheapest seller, but it's close. So they they have an algorithm that they use and they rotate the sellers that show up in that box where you normally would just click add to cart or um, do for two day shipping. Okay. And so that's what's called the buy box in seller terms. <laughs> and so that's what we're always shooting for is we always want to be the name that's rotating into that area so that when somebody's buying, they don't have to think about it. It just goes, okay, yeah, this is on Amazon. I want to purchase oh, okay. it. Click the button and then they're good to go. 
that's really the thing is most people don't know that there's other sellers. Yeah. So if they're like, well, why are there a whole bunch of other prices? They don't look much further into it. It's just like, oh, let's just get this one. It's right here. I think what most people are concerned with is the two day shipping. They want it as yep. fast yes. as they can get it. <laughs> I, I will pay like 10 bucks more. <laughs> and if you have your product sent in through FBA, you're going to get that prime shipping. Okay. So, so, so there's two types of Amazon most. selling, right? So there's right. like the, I just have this in my house and I'll ship it out when someone buys it. And then you guys are doing something different. You guys are doing something that actually enables you to offer Prime. Right. So that's the fulfilled by Amazon part. So okay. if somebody was just selling on Amazon, it would be basically the same thing as eBay where you're shipping it from your house. Mm -hmm. But with the fulfilled by Amazon, because our products are actually stored at the Amazon warehouses, they handle all that customer support. They do that two-day shipping. They pay that shipping cost. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to do that, but we're basically an extension of Amazon when it comes to the customer's concerns. Interesting. Okay. So I wonder, like, there's there's fulfilled by Amazon, but there's also just Amazon itself, right? It's not like right. all of their products are coming from people like you finding and selling products and shipping them to their right. warehouses. Does Amazon have like preferences based on type of products, whether or not they want to uh, let FBA sellers have preference versus their own? Like, are they going to try to kind of muscle FBA uh, sellers out on certain products like new stuff? Uh, yeah, they always win. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> is it like kind of like a hunt and pet game where you have to find like the product where they're not really um, selling a bunch or having a bunch in stock and then you can kind of get in there and make your profit there? Yeah, that's exactly it. We're looking for products and we know before we even buy products, if they have them or have had them in the past, uh, mm -hmm. you know, through scanning apps on our phones. And one of the uh, unique things is, is that, you know, they do really, if they have the product, they're getting the sale for it. Right. Um, and so we're looking for products that necessarily they haven't had or mm -hmm. they've ran out of stock. Okay. So you're looking for like out of print books that are all of a sudden back in popularity or like just something random that isn't very popular, but you think might become popular and Amazon just isn't carrying it for the most so we part. Have, we have um, like a formula that we use because mm -hmm. we have scanning apps. So you're probably not familiar with that term, but what is it, it like means a is barcode scanner on your phone? Yes, except okay. they're made specifically for sellers. And so a lot of times if a consumer is familiar with the barcode scanner, it's because they're comparing prices to get the cheapest price. Yeah. And so for us as a seller, we're looking simply to see what is it selling for on Amazon and how often is it selling um, and how many other people are selling it. So those are the kind of things that we're looking for. And so when we're looking at stuff, I mean, we sell everything from shampoo and conditioners, teas, board games, baby products. We sell everything really? across the board. Um, so if we look at something and say that it's 75% off in a, a drugstore, that's where we get a lot of inventory. So we'll find something and say that the regular price is $10, just for easy math, because we don't want to sell everything that low price. But if it's regular price $10 and it's on clearance for $250, if we scan that and we see, okay, well, Amazon isn't selling it for one, but it's selling for $10, which is just the regular retail price, um, and we can buy it for $250, then we'll make about $4 on that. So the okay. app will actually tell us though exactly how much we would make. The math at $10 doesn't work out that way because it's too low price, but yeah. just for easy math. <laughs> 
So two fifty on a ten dollar item, you're making four dollars. Uh, so that means that Amazon's commission is three fifty. Is that right? Yeah. So about thirty percent of every sale goes to Amazon. Okay. Now, are you paying a monthly fee in addition to that to use the service, or is it just the commissions? They have an option where you can pay thirty nine dollars a month in order to. It's called being a pro seller. Mm-hmm. But what it does is it actually saves you on your fees. And so if you're selling more than 40 products per month, you pay the $40, but you save a dollar per transaction. So once you're over 40, then you're saving money. So you don't need to have that until you're at that point. So So I'm guessing you guys are definitely pro sellers then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, are you you able to talk about like the volume you guys are doing at all? Yeah. So we do about $100,000 in profit a year. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, and this is what does that equate to, to like products you guys are selling? Um, is About it like 300,000 300, products per, per year? Oh, $300,000, sorry. In sales. Oh, okay, okay. Sales. Yeah. Now, are you guys like walking into 100 Walmart, Targets, CVSs, whatevers, and just like scanning every item? Or like, are you going to thrift stores and just like buying everything? Like, how, how could you possibly, with two people, I'm guessing it's just you guys, do that much volume? Well, hey, there's a kid on the site too. Yeah, we do find we we do go into a lot of stores, and during like uh, the Christmas time, that's like prime time for selling on Amazon is is Christmas yeah. time because stuff just flies. Um, but we do go in and we travel a lot to like different cities to go to WalMarts, Targets, uh, things like that, and we'll make a list of pro- of products that we know that we found in our area, mm-hmm. and we'll have a list of products, and we'll just go into these stores. And, and buy them multiple times. And so it allows okay. us to have a big quantity of items uh, to ship them in. So you'll go into like Target near you, buy like a thousand head and shoulder bottles. <laughs> and and then the, you'll, like, is that how it works? Similar, but yeah, not to that scale. Because <laughs> so but here, we're like, to give like an example, better. like okay, say there's like so. a pair of roller skates or something, you would go to like all the Targets within your area to get as many as you can. Yeah, because we're looking at stuff that's on clearance. And so mm-hmm. once something's on clearance, you're not going to find huge quantities in any one store. Right. So if we find something and it's on clearance, we know that the stores aren't going to have it very much longer. If it's something that's super profitable, then we're going to want to go to other locations so that we can find that same product. Otherwise, okay. if we wait, then we're not going to be able to find it anymore. Is clearance something that's generally synchronized across stores? I always kind of figured it was like a local thing because that one store was low or needed to get Usually rid of it. with um, major retailers, it's the same throughout all the stores. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it's actually a good time saver because if we find something, say it like CVS or Walgreens, and we're like, oh, this makes $50, then we'll just go to every store in our area and get all of them. Okay. So you're, I'm guessing your time is split up between time you spend acquiring products, either going to stores and getting them, or do you guys do any, do you guys do any like ordering of products or is it literally just brick and mortar clearance sales? Uh, and that's like the start of your of your chain. Uh, you know what we we do also order products online. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's something called online arbitrage, which is basically you're you're shopping online retailers for the same thing, and yeah. you're just compare you're cross uh, comparing it to what Amazon is selling okay. selling it for to what you can buy it for. Um, it's a little bit tougher, I think, than retail arbitrage. The margins of profit are usually thinner because there's more people looking online. 
than actually mm. walking into a brick and mortar store. So there's a yeah. little bit more competition, but yeah, we, we do order products online in bulk to come to us. Uh, okay. To so I think a lot of people who, like, first of all, I find this very appealing because I, I think it's like pretty easy at least conceptually to understand right, and, and potentially to execute. But I know that like you guys aren't going after a $7 item, selling it for $10 and like churning that like 10,000 times or like what what kind of uh, rules of the road do you guys have? Like do you, are there certain profit margins that you must have to even engage? Is, is there like a limited uh, like you'll only buy things that will sell for $30 or more? So our business model is a little bit different. Um, than a lot of people's because we're pretty picky when it comes to the type of things that we'll sell only because we try and really keep um, a minimal time for work and so we really try to make sure that we're making high margins so that way we don't have to work a ton of time okay. um, so for us personally we don't want to sell something unless we're going to make at least five dollars on it mm -hmm. i prefer ten uh, we kind of go back and forth on this <laughs> yeah. um, because if there's a hundred of something that we could purchase and it makes five dollars, then we would make five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I get really snobby and I'm like, but I don't want to label five or a hundred of these and close like just do it. Um, so I would prefer a ten dollar minimum for my profit margin. But yeah. we do know a lot of sellers out there that churn one to two dollar profits all day long, and that's their business model. And it's the same in the retail world. You know, uh, Walmart has the cheapest price, known for the cheap, cheapest prices on a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. and they're selling a lot more of it, but at a lower profit than say Target. You know, Target's yeah. usually considered like a step up, but a lot of times, I would assume that they're around the same amount of profit because, you know, Target's making more profit per item, but they're not selling as much, where Walmart is having the cheapest price, but flipping a lot of it. And it's the same thing. It just comes down to how you wanna run your business. If you're comfortable making a dollar or two on an item, that that's for for you to decide. So to make higher margins, you guys have to purposely seek out either rarer items or you have to be a lot more deliberate about the timing, right? We're just pickier on what we choose to buy. Mm -hmm. And so for every, you know, we may go into a store and scan a hundred things and there may be 15 things that would have made $5, but only three that make 10. And so okay. Some people would choose to purchase all 15 or 20 of those things, yeah. but we may only choose to pick the top of them. And when you say 15 or 20 things, do you mean 15 or 20 types of things or individual yeah, items? Things. Okay, so if there was like t different types of things, then you'd buy them out of that entire type of thing. Right. Okay, so say, so say you're in the store, you've identified three products that will get you a $10 margin, you've identified 15 that will get you a the $5 margin, you're already in the store, so what is the bottleneck that prevents you from buying everything there? Is it just the time it takes to label and ship it all? Yeah, it, it really is the time and the effort because like Jessica said, we really try and limit our hours. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just the two of us and during the holiday times, we, we have a couple extra people that help us out. But okay, uh, And we try and work anywhere be between 10 to 20 hours a week. That's like our goal. Really? We've okay. really tried to build like a lifestyle business where we, we spend time with our family and, and you know, we could really ramp our sales up to, yeah. you know, if we wanted to, but we're not looking to be those type of sellers. We would rather work less and make a decent income 
mm-hmm. and spend time together is what we've chosen. But uh, it's it really is just the effort and the time to label it is is what we're looking at. Yeah, and so that was going to lead me into my next question: is like, is there a point at which you can uh, bring extra people on to help with the labeling or to help with other aspects of the business that would allow you to uh, take on lower margin items without a whole lot of extra effort? Yeah, that's totally a possibility and an option. Um, it's just not something that we've chosen to do at this point. Okay. I mean, hey, it, I was assuming you guys were spending at least 40 hours a week on this, but if you're doing <laughs> 10 to 20 hours a week, making 100K a year, like that's awesome. And totally like more power to you to be picky if you can make it work on you know that many hours. Can you explain like what goes into the listing you know, and labeling and shipping of the item? I mean, do you just like get a bottle of Head and Shoulders, go, like Amazon it, get the thing? I, I, yeah, like can you explain the process? Sure. Okay, so the first step is that we find the product, and then we purchase it and bring it home. What we do next is we put it into our Amazon seller account and tell Amazon that we want to sell this product. We tell them how much we want to sell it for, and then how many we have. Then after that we print out labels for that product so that they can identify that it's our product. And then we send all of the items that we purchased for that day into the Amazon warehouses. So at that point, if we have say 10 different products, um, like 10 different SKUs, multiples of each of those products, then they'll tell us how many of each of those products goes to which warehouse. So we may have a hundred items with 30 of them going to Ontario, California, um, 50 of them going to a different warehouse and 20 of them going to a different warehouse. So at that point, we have to go through all the products that we purchased, separate them out into the different boxes, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> separate them into the different boxes for the different warehouses. <coughs> and then we tell Amazon, okay, this is how much each of these boxes weighs. This is how many we have going to each warehouse. Then we print a packing label that mm-hmm. goes on top of those boxes. And then we call UPS, have them pick them up. It takes about two to five days for them to get to all the different warehouses. Amazon um, checks in all of those boxes, scans those labels so that they know our products are in their warehouses. And then they go live on Amazon for customers to purchase. And usually within the first day, we'll start to sell some of those products. And so oh, okay. w- once you send it out of your house, like you're done with it and you're like, you, you don't even think about it anymore. The only thing we have to do once a product's been sent from our house is we just keep checking the pricing because we want to make sure that we stay in that buy box that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, from the time that we send something from our house to the time that it gets to the Amazon warehouse, if the price has changed 50 cents, that's enough usually to kick us out of the buy box. So we would want to go in, make sure that we're adjusting our prices to make sure we're going to get in front of the customers. You said the buy box isn't exclusively based on price or, or is it like, as long as you're the cheapest, like you're the one. So it is exclusively um, on price, but it's not exclusively the lowest price. It's um, within a certain percentage of each other. So like I could be like two or 3% higher than somebody and still rotate in the buy box with them. But I can't be, you know, 10% higher. And so when you're looking yeah, yeah. at something where the price is like $20, we could be like 20, um, 2005, and still be rotating with the same group of sellers. Okay. So it, they're still giving the cheapest, but they're not going to get like crazed about like per cent, like, or the per penny 
of the price. Right. Mm. right. Yeah, so right, if somebody's right. listed something at $20, I don't have to come in and go $19.99 in order to beat them. Mm. I could go $20.02 and join them. Okay, cool. Um, so do you guys have like a crazy spreadsheet that tracks all the prices of your <laughs> products? Or are you like opening a tab for every product or something and having to look at the price that way? Like, do you have a kind of computer robot brain doing a lot of the checking for you? Um, no, so um, I usually reprice all my stuff manually, and what I do is I code my SKU. Like we can put our own SKU of um, like like an in inventory SKU, um, and so I put how much I paid for the item, mm -hmm. and then I can just see that whenever I go to reprice. But there's actually like tools that you can use where you put your cost of the product, and it will tell you you know, you can go down to this price and still make a profit and they'll even automatically reprice for you. Um, we just don't use a repricer personally. Why not? Okay. <laughs> uh, I can, I, I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're just afraid of the robotic overlords. Is that the, <laughs> it's not really afraid, but I like to really think about if I'm going to change a price or, um, yeah. I like to look at other sellers and see, okay, well, if this seller only has two of something, I'm not going to drop my price $5 and match them. Oh, that makes sense. going to sell out in a couple days. But if I'm using a computer mm -hmm. to do that, they would just match that price. And then I, I would just you. pay at that low price. So, so hey, you Andrew. probably make a little bit more profit if you do it that way. Right. Yes. Andrew, why don't you mm -hmm. code an app that uh, takes the comp competition's inventory into, into account? I, I think that we need yeah, to do this. <laughs> but actually, I found I just found a good example of what you guys are talking about. I'm looking at this Nikon camera, and the thing that's in the buy box is like 132.95 or 134.95. And there's like all these fulfillment by Amazon companies that are like a little bit less, like 132.70, uh, even like two dollars less. But it looks like that buy box does rotate, so you don't have to be the absolutely lowest price. You just gotta right. be. Correct. It looks and that like really most helps. Yeah. It helps because if it was always the low price, then everybody would always be fighting to be the lowest price. And ultimately, mm -hmm. what's that going to do is just drop the price. Yeah, it would just be race to the bottom, which doesn't help Amazon not that much either. So that makes no. sense. So you guys actually call UPS up and they come to your house like you don't have to drive to the UPS store? Uh, no, yeah, we call them up and, and they, they come pick up uh, at our house, at our doorstep. It is a fee. Okay. Um, that they charge you per month. It's called a smart pickup. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, one of the main questions they ask is like, can I just drop my boxes off at an Amazon warehouse? They're like right down the street from me. And the answer is no, that Amazon does not allow you to just drive up to their warehouse and say, here's my stuff. And okay. the main thing too is because it's going to multiple warehouses. Yeah. So they don't really allow you to do that. But yeah, UPS comes right to your doorstep and picks it up. We've had times where they've sent a, a full truck just for us during the mm -hmm. holiday times. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, we have a UPS driver on text. So it's like, <laughs> uh, don't come until 5.30 today. <laughs> it sounds like there's awesome. a lot of logistics, like with the shipping piece. What happens if you, like, screw it up? Like, send something to Ontario that should have went to Tennessee? Um, they they give you like a bright red warning. <laughs> it, they, they'll catch it really is what happens. Okay. And, and what, send, send it back to you then? No, they'll just check it into what the warehouse it gets to you. And again. And if it does, they'll charge you a small like 
uh, like pick and pack fee or something like that. They'll charge you a small fee to just, if, if it becomes a problem and you keep sending stuff to different places, they'll do that small fee. Okay. So you guys are just, you have to get good at it basically. Otherwise you're going to be losing margin. Right. We rarely, I mean, we've been doing this for a while. It rarely happens to us, but it still does. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're human. So it, it, but you know, when you first start out, that's, that is another fear that people have too. Um, you know, just double, double and triple checking usually, you know, yeah. shouldn't have problems. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it really isn't that hard. It's hard to explain over voice. <laughs> but if you're looking at it right in front of you, it's pretty much like it just is easier to do. Do you guys have like a system set up in your house for uh, like sorting boxes into specific destinations? Like maybe there's like one corner of a room that's Tennessee warehouse, like that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we just put the boxes out and then we'll just put the products where they go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, we'll label, okay, this is this warehouse, that warehouse, and we'll have like little sticky notes on them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Jessica will say, okay, we got 10 to go into here. I'll go grab 10, put them in that box. we got five going to there. You know, it, it's, it's simple, you know, simple math. It's not too, too difficult, but it, you know, sometimes mistakes happen. Listen Money Matters is brought to you by SoFi, a new kind of finance company. You're not stuck with your current student loan rates. People who refinance their student loans with SoFi save an average of $19,000. In addition to saving money, members get free perks like one-on-one career coaching, job placement assistance, and personal brand building advice. SoFi will help you save money and get further in your career. See how else they can help you at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com slash legal. So I know you guys said there was um, like a a $39 fee and you could reduce your fees and stuff like that. Um, If you do that, uh, do you have to like pay rent to keep your stuff in their warehouse? Like if you bought a risk game and it sat there for a year, like they penalize you? They do actually. Um, Excuse me. If you have something that's there longer than six months, they charge you what's called a long-term storage fee. And so our goal when we send products in is we try and send enough that it will sell within one to three months. Um, Because at that point, they're charging you just super, super small, like pennies per item of storage fees. But Mm -hmm. once you get to that point where you've had something there for more than six months, then they start charging you per cubic foot. And it's like, I can't remember the exact amount per cubic foot, but it really adds up if you have a whole bunch of products there. So mm-hmm. you don't want stuff to be there if it's not going to sell. Can you have them send oh, okay. it back if it's like not selling? Yes, you can have it sent back. Um, and then they only charge you actually 50 cents per item to have it sent back to you. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Uh, have you guys had to do that a lot? Um, not a lot, but we have had items where we sent in and then all of a sudden, Amazon came in on it. Like we had this lotion that we were selling, and we were selling it for like nineteen dollars. Mm-hmm. And then Amazon came in and was selling it for nine ninety nine. So we just basically couldn't compete and make money. So we just had it sent back to us and donated it. Okay, is that what you guys do with uh, products you can't sell for the most part? You just donate them. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, you said it like is fifty cents prime to send it back, but. You're sending a ton of stuff to Amazon. Do they pay for the shipping to send to their warehouse, or do you guys pay for that? We actually pay the shipping to send it to them, 
but we get a discounted rate because they're such a huge company. And so if we were to send something ourselves, we would pay like $5 a pound, mm. but with 50 cents to a dollar per pound, depending on how far it's going. Interesting. Okay. So how does somebody get started doing this? I mean, you guys are very far along. You've got a lot of processes kind of set in stone, but if someone's just a beginner, um, what are the first steps they should take? Well, what I recommend that people do is that they first start just looking at stuff from their house so that they realize like how things work on Amazon. So if you have a board game closet, you can mm -hmm. just look up those board games on Amazon just to see what they're selling for. So you kind of get that whole concept down. Okay. And then if you have any new products, <clears throat> then you can um, send those in. Like if you have something that you got for a wedding gift or uh, for a Christmas present or a birthday present that you never even opened, you mm -hmm. can send those into Amazon just to kind of test the process. Okay. If you're like, no, I really, really want to try it then I recommend signing up for a seller account and then downloading the Amazon seller app. Okay. And that's a free app, but you do have to have an Amazon seller account to use it. So it kind of feels backwards because you would want to try it out with the app before you signed up for an account, but yeah. it doesn't work that way. So you have to actually sign up for a seller account and then download the app. And then you can really just go into any store that has a clearance section and scan the barcode with your phone and mm -hmm. it will tell you how much it's selling for on Amazon and how much profit you would make. And you can type in there what your cost is for that item and they'll tell you this is going to be your exact profit. And they even calculate in the inbound shipping cost. So, you oh, know, cool. I'd say it's going to be 50 cents to a dollar. You just tell them how much you plan to spend to send products in and they'll calculate that in based on the weight. So you guys literally huh. just use the Amazon selling app just go to stores and just plug stuff in. You kind of know, look at clearance items, certain high price items, and that's that's like it? Yeah, we actually use a different app now called Scoutify, um, but it's part of a tool that we use for listing that's $50 a month, so we don't recommend that as somebody who's just starting out to use an app that costs $50. Yeah. Um, so the Amazon seller app is free there. By Amazon. So mm -hmm. when it first came out, it was kind of questionable on how good it was going to be, but they're actually making it really good now. Oh, cool. And when you sign up for that seller account, it doesn't cost anything unless you do uh, decide unless to do, you do that pro, pro account. Okay. And so, pro account, you actually get a month free. And yeah. so, I always say just sign up for the free month. And then, if you sell more than 40 things, keep it. If you don't, then turn it off. But you can't get gotcha. the free month later. So, may as well okay, take it. Okay. So, might as well just do it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you guys mentioned like if you have a board game closet, you know, you could start with that. Um, but I know like if a product is in the buy box immediately, like I think the consumer is going to expect for it to be brand new, plastic wrapped, all that stuff. So could you sell something around your house that's already been opened and have it be fulfilled by Amazon? You can. Um, you would list it that way. So you would say that it was used. Um, okay. I was just using that example as just to kind of see how you look things up and see how they're selling. But I always recommend that people start with just the stuff they have that hasn't been opened yet. Is there anything on Amazon where it will say like, uh, like a used product is the default thing in the buy box? Um, in media, of that. like in books or uh -huh. um, like DVDs, that kind of stuff, they have two buy boxes. So they have a used oh. buy box new one um otherwise it isn't the default you would have to actually go in and look for the used products 
Okay. Actually, you know what? I, I sort of thought of the answer to that question while you were saying it because I remember there's a book that I saw in college that is definitely out of print and I just went and looked at it and yeah, it's the, the buy box is used. Definitely yeah. not new. So that makes sense. Okay. So if you've got a board game that's not popular, probably out of print, then you could potentially get that in the buy box even if it was a little dinged up. Uh, no used buy box for toys. Mm. Not for toys? Okay. Yeah. Oh, it has to be for media. Okay. Gotcha. What, what kind of things do you guys look for? Like, do you normally sell board games and that's like your sweet spot? Or do you like avoid clothing at all costs? Like, what, what kind of things in your experience work really well? Uh, we've done a lot with toys. Um, toys has really been a good wheelhouse for us. And then also, like, grocery and health and beauty items have done really well for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we've never done any type of clothing. Uh, we know a lot of sellers that that are really successful with clothing and shoes and jewelry and handbags and stuff like that. But we've never gotten into the clothing aspect. Our, we've pretty much stuck to toys, groceries, um, and health and beauty items. Now, by groceries, do you mean food? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, really? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That sounds weird, but... Let me tell you something. During the holiday time, when they bring out all them pumpkin spice cookies and all those fun desserts and everything, uh -huh. those things are discontinued after the holiday season. And you can find them, uh, you know, not every single one, but there are particular ones that will go 10 times what the retail price was during, wow. you know, you find them really? in the store. Because you can't find them anymore. Like I guess people right want now. a pumpkin spice latte even in January. Right. Right. Exactly. So if you love those cookies you're going to buy them on Amazon because you can't go to Walmart and get them. And then it, the price does creep up on yeah. Amazon. So on Black Friday, do you guys get like armor, shields, and swords and like go to all the stores and buy everything? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've done our fair share of Black Friday shopping for inventory. Um, but you'll be surprised that we're actually selling a lot of stuff on Black Friday now. Mm. Um, so we try to have inventory at Amazon that we can already be selling. The thing with shopping on Black Friday is that most of the stuff is not going to be profitable in the end. So if Amazon or if you know uh, Toys R Us is selling it, you know how they do like those games for like three bucks every year. Right. Well, Amazon usually isn't even selling them for more than ten bucks. And so the margins are just so small on a lot of the things that are like doorbusters. Okay. Um, but we do usually find like three or four things that we'll go in and look for. But we're looking for things that are not like front page of the Black Friday ad. We're looking at stuff where it's popular, but maybe it's 50% off and, and it's selling for a little bit more than retail on Amazon. It's kind of a whole different ball game when it comes <laughs> to selling in fourth quarter than it is right now. So we basically like, there's like a switch on our business where we go from selling clearance products that we can purchase just off the clearance shelf to doing um, like straight up off the shelf arbitrage where we'll buy something and pay just the normal like sale price for it. And then we mark it up on Amazon because you know how stuff goes for more. There's always those toys that you can't really find in the store, mm -hmm. but then yeah. You can find them for more online. Mm -hmm. um, so we're kind of those hated people during Christmas time because we're selling dolls for thirty bucks that should cost ten. Um, but that's as long as I people pay them, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's the thing too. Is like a lot of people are like, I can't believe 
that people would pay way more online on Amazon for products that they could just go to the store and get it. But I think a lot of people need to remember that everyone's time is valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And to go out to a store during the holiday times and try and find a doll for your little girl and you know go to three or four different stores and spend a couple hours looking for it to not find it, we've found that a lot of people will pay two to three times more for that particular doll online on Amazon so they don't have to spend time going for it. It comes right to their doorstep. Hmm. We're really offering a good convenient service to these people that don't want to go out in the crowds. I was going to say, I'm that person. There's no right. way you would find me going to all these stores. <laughs> I would just buy it online or pay like a task rabbit to go and find it. <laughs> right. I wish and I you know had what? here. That's how we are now too. Like we're like, <laughs> we'll we'll go out and search for everybody else's stuff except for our own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's imagine that I'm just like a normal guy. I'm definitely not a prodigy like Thomas is, and I just kind of, you know, I could do normal stuff. I'm not super ambitious. How much time and effort do you think it would take me to ramp up to like a thousand dollars a month with Amazon FBA? Well, you can do a thousand dollars a month. I would say for sure part-time. When we first started, we did treat it more like a full-time business. And so we would work about 40 hours a week in order to make like full-time income. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just over time, we've gotten to the point where we don't have to spend as much because we make so much in the fourth quarter also. Um, But we have people who work Amazon as like a second income so they're working a full-time job and then they're doing amazon on the side and make between like 500 and 2000 dollars a month just working it as a part-time business gotcha so w- one question i just thought about um and you guys don't have to like tell me exactly but where do you guys live and like what's your proximity to the amount of stores you have access to because i would imagine like somebody living out in like the country might have trouble doing this at any sort of scale if they only have like one Walmart within the, like a 20 mile radius. Right. So that's a good point. Um, we live in California, um, Central Valley area. And mm-hmm. so we have, we live in a small town where there aren't targets or Walmarts or anything, but we're surrounded oh. by a whole bunch of big towns. Okay. And so we could get to like five targets. If we drove like an hour in a circle, we would hit like five. Gotcha. Okay. Because yeah, I was thinking so about that, people, like, uh, go yeah. ahead. People who do live in areas that are more secluded, they have to make it a trip to get mm-hmm. somewhere where they can go to a bunch of different stores. Or that's why a lot of people do the online arbitrage and just are okay with getting the smaller margins because that stuff comes right to your house and mm-hmm. you can just send it right back into Amazon. You don't have to, like, go to all these different stores because obviously if you have to drive an hour each way to get for us but that's why there's other options too yeah exactly i would imagine the gas cost is going to be a pretty big factor depending on uh what your what your volume is because the fewer products you sell the more that uh gas eats into what you're going to make right Right. and (laughs) i just thought of this funny story when um cliff and i originally like when we had it was like about a year into when we were selling we found this tea at big lots um (laughs) and it was like crystal light and you know how they have the packets the flavor packets yeah and so we found these discontinued flavor packets and they were like two dollars at big lots yeah for a bottle of them and 
they were selling on Amazon in packs of six for like $60. What? Oh my gosh. And so, I mean, those are like the exceptions, right? Like those don't happen all the time. Mm -hmm. But we were like, this is crazy, you know? So we actually, we drove. um, (laughs) So we live a couple hours um, from Fresno and about an hour from Sacramento, like right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so we did for like two weeks straight, we were going to every big lots that we could find. So we went one day, we went from where we live all the way to Fresno and stopped at every big lots in between. And then we went to the Bay area and did all the big lots there. Then we went to Sacramento and then we even drove all the way to Reno. To Nevada. We went oh to see gosh. our friends in Nevada and stopped at every yeah. store on the way there. <laughs> but you know what we made? I mean, like, what did we make? Like $20,000? Yeah, just on that one item. Oh my yeah. gosh. But I mean, we had hundreds of them. We had but a each suburban. store, we would find only like 10 to 20 packets. Mm-hmm. So we were just like, we wanted to find as many as we could. And so that's just one of the things. It was just a fun thing. And for us, it's like, we're doing it together. You know, we're driving around, we're seeing different places and we're going in, we're shopping and people think that we're absolute nuts <laughs> walking in and grabbing all just this crystal light and leaving. Like, <laughs> just clearing the shelf of your crystal light. <laughs> we just really like this That's stuff. Said. But, uh, the reason it was selling for so much is because it was a discontinued flavor. So people mm-hmm. were not going to be able to get this flavor anymore and yeah. no one knew where to get it. And so we knew the source of Big Lot, so we just started cleaning up and it was a fun time. We've had a, quite a few products like that where we've we've driven all over. And I love you to guys do that. ever like uh, collected like Mountain Dew game fuel? I have, yes, for a lot of video games I play. <laughs> yeah. Like that was I don't drink Mountain Dew anymore, but in college, uh, I remember when like the Halo three game fuel came out and we were like in love with it and then it ended and we were like, Where did where did all the game fuel go? Like that's the only good flavor of Mountain Dew. So I remember, hey man, like, I still got unopened twelve packs in my game room downstairs of that Halo Three game field just sitting there. I'm a I'm a I'm a Halo collector. Are you serious? So, oh, yes, yeah, no joke. I One time per talking. year. One time Sorry. per year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my friends and I we have like a nostalgia night where we get the closest thing we can to a bottle of game fuel. Hopefully it's out at the time, and then we play Halo Three and listen to Lakey Park, <laughs> <laughs> and then regret it the next day. <laughs> oh man, oh that's cool, and that, that, that Crystal Light story is really cool. I mean, I, I'm guessing the the crazy high margin things are very very rare, but guys, why? Um, so it sounds like the way that you guys do it, um, like the the retail arbitrage, does really well. But why don't you like go and source stuff from China? Because coming into this conversation, I knew nothing about this except for I thought that was the only way that you could do it. <laughs> well, uh, again, it's it's a it's an investment, uh, not only with money but also with time. And with retail arbitrage, we we found that it's the easiest way to get into selling on Amazon with little investment and little time put in. Uh, you know, when you start looking at products from China, and we have sourced a few products from China ourselves, uh, that's just not our main way that we source products. But, you know, when you start sourcing from China, you have to deal with factories one-on-one. Uh, you have to have minimum orders placed that can run into the thousands of dollars upfront investment. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times the product that you're buying is a copy of something that's already selling. So the products that you're getting 
aren't proven. That, that you'll have to create a listing for your own product listing with the stuff that you source from China. And a lot of times that listing isn't proven. So it takes a while for that product to get some traction on Amazon. So it's a little bit more time investment and money investment. And that's just something that we've chose not to do, but is definitely a profitable business route for selling on Amazon. It's just something that we haven't chosen for ourselves. When we look at people who are starting their business at the same place that we were at when we got started and didn't have a lot of money, we think there's no way that we could have started sourcing from China and spending, you know, five, ten thousand dollars off the bat. And that just isn't possible for a lot of people. And so we've just basically stayed true to what originally worked for us and we find that a lot of people who start off with retail arbitrage that they do go on to do other types of sourcing because they don't want to spend the time going, you know, 40 hours shopping. So they'll look at other avenues and maybe take a smaller margin or they at that point have more money to invest. And so we've just found that for starting that retail is just the lowest risk way to start on Amazon. Mm. Okay. Cool. So for people that want to just get started, I mean, I'm guessing they can start Googling around or just grab the app and go to their nearest store and start doing stuff. But I know you guys also have some uh, stuff on your website that can help accelerate that, right? Yeah. So we actually have a ton of free information. Um, we have, if you go to our website, thesellingfamily.com, um, you can search things like costs to get started or steps mm -hmm. to get started. And we have a bunch of different articles that will just list that whole process that you can take to get started. Um, okay. For somebody who doesn't want to read a bunch of different posts, we actually have a step-by-step -step course that has over 10 hours of video, um, which is why we have a hard time explaining in 40 minutes how the whole thing <laughs> works. Because um, there's, I mean, literally there's over 10 hours of video that walk people through all these processes. Okay. Um, and so that's our Amazon bootcamp, which is just our super step-by-step. -step. So if somebody doesn't like to piecemeal things together, then that's what we recommend. If somebody just needs like simple direction, then just look at the articles that we have on our website. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at one of them right now. It's a big list of stores people can check out for source and stuff. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well guys, thank you so, uh, so much for coming on the show. Um, Besides your website, is there anywhere else people can connect with you? Social media, maybe? Um, we have a free Facebook group, and mm -hmm. you can find that if you go to the sellingfamilycommunity.com. It will redirect direct to the Facebook group. Um, and then the Selling Family, if you search that, you'll come to our business page. But, you know, like the business pages on Facebook, you never see the updates. So yeah. we're kind of doing everything in the group now. Okay, awesome. Well, guys, uh, hopefully you found this episode useful. Andrew, do you have anything before we... Uh Head on this one? Uh, I'm good. I, I think I'm going to start. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, if you guys have any extra questions, um, you can ask them over at their Facebook community. Uh, also, our email is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com or you can join our community of money nerds over at listenmoneymatters.com slash join and also get our favorite tools and apps, resources, and all of the other stuff you can use to improve your personal finance over at our toolbox, listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And uh, that's all we got. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Later, everyone. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show.